achieve. No, it's what? fine. I've got achieve. it. <laughs> My English is broken. Yeah. And today we have a very special guest with us, Sana from the Period Society. Would you like to introduce yourself? Okay, so hi guys. My name is Sana Mangalore. I'm the chapter head at the Period Society Bangalore. Alongside, I'm also a first year student at Shishti Manipal Institute of Art, Design and Technology in Bangalore. And I'm just so excited to be on you. Hi, welcome. <laughs> okay, so yeah, as Sana said, we're just going to be speaking to her about her experiences with her mental health, how she got into the period society and how she's been recently. So yeah, let's get into it. So I would mention when we last spoke that you were faced with a few mental health issues. So do you care about elaborating on it? How did you come across your symptoms and how did you recognize it was something serious? Yep, sure. So um, to start off, so in the year of 2018, I term it as one of the most crappiest years of my life. And um, I was, I obviously had like a lot of external stressors and I have happened to get diagnosed and okay, this is like a huge list. So like, don't get intimidated, but I was diagnosed with, oh God, geez. Anywho, I was diagnosed with um, clinical depression. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder. And right up till I think the end of 2019 was when I was diagnosed with ADD. So I think that's for... Tell me what ADD is. um, It is attention deficit disorder. So it's basically, it's like ADHD, except... Mm -hmm. Um, there is no symptom or sign of hyperactivity. So, okay, that is ADD. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a list. <laughs> it's quite a list. But of course, like each one of these mental illnesses have like the intensity of each one of this is very different. Yeah. So um, now getting back to like 2018, so I had like a lot of external stressors, like a lot of things was hap- a lot of things were happening in general in my life. Um, I had a terrible breakup. Um, a lot was happening in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a change in schools because I passed te- grade ten, so I had to, like you know, find a school which had grade eleven and twelve, and just a lot in general. And um, in fact. I did not catch on to my symptoms. It was my mom who actually pointed out, but I like just shrugged it off because I was like, you know, whatever, this has always been me. So Mm -hmm. the symptom was that I had a tendency of, um, okay, I'll articulate this. So I have a thing that every single time I used to visit the washroom, I had to like wash my hands and Mm -hmm. use a napkin right Mm -hmm. to like wipe your hands wipe your face if you wash your face so every single time I went to the bathroom I would remove a new napkin and Um, at the end of the day when so my mom she's like a working woman so when she came back home the entire dining table used to be 
scattered with different napkins. Oh. And okay. She used to yell at me and she used to go like why like just use one and stuff like that. And I was like no. You know, I don't know. I feel I feel somehow some type of way. Mm-hmm. And she just like happened to like graze it. and eventually things started getting worse i still remember once she asked me to clear my cupboard mm-hmm. and what started happening is i started removing my clothes folding the clothes that were already folded i would like unfold them fold them again and then mm-hmm. again place it and then again remove it and i was i kept doing that and i think like if i'm talking about like one shelf it took me around um two hours to just get two yeah. stacks of clothes done and that's when she was she got really concerned and even i was getting really frustrated but these were like signs personally um i think i had a lot of trouble just making everyday normal decisions and mm-hmm. i thought that probably so i have a i have a tendency of overthinking so i just blamed it on that i was like you know i'm just overthinking every tiny detail you know mm-hmm. but i think it's very important to know that when you start having difficulty making decisions or when it starts hampering your ability to function on a day to day basis that's when you need further evaluation so for example for me i would come with the pros and cons list list of going and bathing <laughs> or even going oh. and brushing my teeth and the pros and cons list of that pros list and and further oh. so it was terrible it was genuinely terrible and when i decided to go and get diagnosed so i had taken up psychology in school yeah and obviously my understanding of the human psyche <laughs> and mental health in general was enhanced because of the subject and um i still remember one day i was just i don't know i was just watching youtube or something and i happened to stumble across a video of um individuals with depression just opening up and i don't know what got struck and i just started crying mm-hmm. i just started crying and that was when i was like bro <laughs> you, you there's something horribly wrong you need to get yourself diagnosed and that's actually when i had a conversation and even with the conversation <laughs> like so many events in with the conversation i it was i remember um i had my first term exam or my first midterm exam it was the morning of my sociology paper and the previous night i think i had a very terrible um, one of my most terrible experiences with my mental uh, mental illnesses was um so i was trying to remember something and i kept repeating like repeating that one sentence over and over again like you know to remember it to memorize it mm-hmm. and i was like you know what let me not do it in my head let me write it down i started writing it down half way to the sentence i would tear the page and then again get to it and then tear the page and again get to it and because of that i ended up not studying for the exam and i remember there was this one moment that night where my hand just i was just disabled handicapped i mean i i knew what i wanted to write but i could not i did not get a grip on my finger like on the pen i did not have a grip on the pen through my fingers and that was where i was like you know what i need to talk to my mom about this and she was like you know what okay let's get it tested she herself so i not 
it's not like a generational thing but i think she herself was not really aware of how the entire thing with mental health works how do mental illnesses work so she tried to do whatever was in her power in terms of contacts so that's how that was the story of how i got diagnosed with my four illnesses basically so that would have been really hard to take in after you received the diagnosis it was so you know what i'll tell you this i don't i really don't think so i mean it could be a case for a lot of people but mm-hmm. it was definitely a case for me it is when you do get your diagnosis on paper the day i at least got my diagnosis on paper i had a breakdown because it was written in front of me that i am diagnosed with these 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 things which and it just made it so much more real yeah and that day itself was so heavy for me yes of course i had this weird sense of closure that you know at least now i know what's wrong with me yeah but at the same time i think it was not being able to accept the fact that there was something wrong with me yeah which gets you in a complete turmoil so yeah i don't know it breaks my heart when you say there's something wrong with you it's really not wrong it's just something you're going through i know i mean i i really you know over the period of time like i have realized that i mean even if there is something wrong with me cool man like it makes me who i am <laughs> and that is i'm you know several times i've had people come and tell me because i extensively talk about mental health and mental illnesses mm-hmm. and me i'm an artist at least an aspiring artist and designer <laughs> and i try whatsoever in my power to you know talk about it through my work and several times people come up to me and they tell me that why do you talk so much about it you know why can't you just focus on other things things that are less heavy and i'm like my art is something that defines me and honestly i am not ashamed to even claim that these mental illnesses define me this is who i am yeah. and i am yes, using my sure. platform yeah and i'm using my platform to talk about it because maybe there is somebody like me out there thinking that you know oh god what's wrong with me and i want them to know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with them they are it's fine you know it's it defines them and it's okay there's no issue in that yeah i love that Hello there. No power to you. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. That's that's sort of exactly what we're trying to do here. But I, although we don't have as extensive experience as you do, what we're trying to do with our limited reach is to try and like raise awareness and through all that we put out on our social media page through these podcasts, we're hoping that if not many, even if one person is a little more educated about the topic of mental health and gender then i'd say it's worthwhile i i'm honestly kudos to you guys for making that attempt because a lot of people leave alone trying they don't even do that you know and honestly in whatever way you can you're doing whatever you could and honestly clap <laughs> thank you <laughs> I wanted to ask you something. Um were all of your mental illnesses diagnosed around the same time period or was it like over a period of time? So um my anxiety, depression and my OCD was diagnosed together. 
and what happened was um eventually i had to get onto medications because of my board examinations and that's when when i did approach you know a psychologist no not a psychologist psychiatrist in fact psychologists do not give you medicines guys please know this so when i did approach a psychiatrist she told me that um so she asked me like you know what what are your symptoms what are you facing and she told me this really does not um this these symptoms sound like add mm-hmm. and not not entirely depression ocd or anxiety but it's majorly add and that's when she diagnosed me with add and prescribed medications for it so okay. i was i was um diagnosed with add i think at the end of 2019 mm-hmm. just a little like a few months before my 12 board examination you um eventually identified it as pme premenstrual exacerbation if i'm pronouncing that correct so can you give us a little insight about what exactly that is and how you came to a conclusion that that was what you were going through so uh, with pme what happened is my board examinations got over all that was done and um again my mom played a very important role in this yeah. so um i i usually had um so like before my examinations um i think i could like recognize when i used to be depressed like i i used to rather have episodes of depression rather than constant depression so it was like these episodes that used to happen at a very great intensity and at a great frequency so yeah. um when this used to happen like i could properly recognize this and then eventually the intensity and the frequency of these episodes started decreasing now the entire board examinations thing happened the entire covid-19 pandemic massacre happened and after that um i started my mom started noticing that um i had this monthly depressive episode that i used to go through and um, even i knew it for the matter of fact and it took us a few months rather to notice that it used to happen two weeks one week prior to my period and that's when my mom pointed it out and at, at that moment i was in contact with my psychiatrist so she told me why don't we like you know book an appointment and just raise it with her you know that this is what's happening and you have been going into this this you know depressive episode around this time just tell her and we went for the appointment and she she asked me was i diagnosed with pcod and i was like no i'm not and she was like have you been no yeah pcod and she asked me i think like a few other questions and she told me so apparently like she very briefly told me about this i do not have much knowledge plus i'm not a certified doctor so i will just like lightly brush upon this yeah. she told me that um there there's this disorder that exists that's pmdd which is you get exclusively 
depressed before your menstrual cycle but the thing with me was i was already diagnosed with clinical depression so before my menstrual cycle my clinical depression would get enhanced it used to get exacerbated exacerbated and that's why that that's where the entire picture of premenstrual exacerbation came into the picture mm-hmm. so basically so was it just your depression that was exacerbated or all your illnesses or symptoms were so personally i think um the most mild illness of mine was depression i have anxiety all the time my ocd symptoms i think i am more on un- it's more under control now because i've learned my way around it and i have add all the time and my friends can attest to the fact that i have add and i think just because my depression was milder and it started really really intensifying was what made me able to you know recognize that okay i think this is an issue so i think that played a very important role in me figuring out that maybe it is pme yeah. but yeah more or less yeah so um was it your psychiatrist who like confirmed your suspicions about it being pme or how did you so as of right now honestly i'm still like she did tell me that i think it is usually it it should be pme but i am not entirely convinced with this is because um as time did pass i noticed that it used to not generally happen specifically around my menstrual cycle like though it used to mostly happen around my menstrual cycle but sometimes i do find myself depressed in like a random time in the month so i, I don't think so i'm entirely convinced with that diagnosis but yeah it pretty much like clears up the entire doubt in my head that why did it happen at this particular time but it it's not you know specific you know it keeps shifting it's not it it just keeps moving basically all right um overall are there any things that you turn to that um help you cope with your illnesses so honestly there's just one answer to that and that's therapy therapy is the answer to this because coping mechanisms as a whole is a unhealthy way of dealing with a mental illness the healthy way and the most suitable way of dealing with a mental illness is therapy and reaching out to a therapist or even reaching out just seeking help is a very huge step i i have had a crazy experience with therapy over the last 2 3 years and i'm just really lucky right now because i just found my perfect therapist like 3 months ago wow. so it's been working like really really great and in my favor so i really think it's therapy and take your time don't force yourself for therapy but at the end of the day just remember that it's okay for you to seek out for help and in fact it's a sign of power and courage so yeah uh, but like um, so you said you had your first therapy experiences with therapists right so um did you ever feel like pressured when you thought one therapist wasn't right for you thinking about how to move to the next one or thinking about whether it was worth it visiting therapist number two so how was your thought process during that period of time so i really think i was lucky 
because I had knowledge about therapy because of me taking up psychology in school. So I had knowledge about how therapy works and, you know, how does this entire thing go about? What are red flags? I, I knew that. But as somebody who is not only a psychology student, but a person who has been diagnosed with a mental illness, it's something very tricky. Maybe because there is not much awareness about it. People really don't talk that much about therapy. And, you know, the hows and wheres about therapy. So I think that's one thing that we really need to kind of normalize is just talking about therapy. It's genuinely like reaching out to any other doctor for your treatment, you know. And if we can talk very openly about that, we can definitely talk like with a similar amount of openness about therapy. Yeah. And with my own personal experience, so it took me three therapists slash psychiatrists for me to finally find the, the actual match. It's kind of like a relationship <laughs> if, I have to, if I have to use like an analogy, you know, you keep, you keep dating, dating, dating till you find like the right person. The right one, person. Yeah. yeah. Like the one. Like similarly, like even in therapy, you need to keep, you know, consulting different therapists, see how they work. Is that working for you? Have open communication, be honest with them. And even if it does not work out, tell them, you know, it's not working out for me and find another therapist that you think will work out for you. Um, oh, I'd be so scared to tell them like, look, it's not working out. It's not you, it's me. They are. <laughs> <laughs> not you. It's my fault. It should have been dramatic. It would have been dramatic. <laughs> But yeah, honestly, it is basically about that. And honestly, like most therapists understand that because their service is catered for you. It, they navigate their session according to your needs. It's very so, personalized. Yeah, it is very personalized and it depends from per person to per person. Like there are different types of psychotherapy. You have CBT, you have the humanistic mm -hmm. approach, you have psychoanalysis. Even that is something that you need to figure out what works the best for you in relation to your mental illnesses, your signs and your symptoms. So with therapy, it might not, like this might sound a little discouraging, but do not be discouraged. It might not work right the first time, but mm -hmm. it will eventually. And I mean, once you do, it is a process, 100%. And once you do find, you know, the right therapist, trust me, you're just going to feel so good as and when time passes. Yeah. So just be patient and just, you know, stick around. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And you can totally tell me if this is something you don't want to talk no, about. No. Uh, so... Uh, how's your family support been? I know you, your mother has been someone who's really active in you trying, uh, trying to help you with your mental health, but rest of your family, do you have any siblings who support you, your dad, <clears throat> so your dad, like how, how is the scene then? Oh, this is going to be quite a good question, but I'm going to answer this. <laughs> so I okay. think, I think I need to answer this. Mm -hmm. So um, my family's support 
played a very important part in building me up because they were confused mm-hmm. and in fact they when i in fact fun fact rather when i came back to mumbai right now mm-hmm. i actually sh- like showed them like i made like a presentation where i showed them you know what to say what not to say to a person going through mental illnesses so it's i think with my family it's been a journey of educating them about mm-hmm. how exactly does a mental illness work and at first i'm not going to lie it was really really tough for me because i myself was in a very terrible place and with that trying to deal with somebody who does not understand what you're going through you know mm-hmm. and just trying to tell them you know how do you coexist with me mm-hmm. it was a struggle but now at least touch wood i'm in a way better place so it makes makes it easier for me to communicate that to them mm-hmm. yeah. but i think my family definitely probably not supportive in the earlier days but they have been receptive to knowledge that has been provided to them and honestly i give them due credits you know for being receptive towards you know whatever i'm telling them whatever new information i am providing them with so yes that and i think like a certain times conversations with you know with parents grandparents siblings so i am the only child all right so the people i confided when i was like at my worst were my friends and that's the reason why i literally termed them as my family they were there with there with me and for me through all of it and honestly i i like owe them big time uh-huh. but um more or less i think it's important for you to strike those conversation like even if you're not an individual with you know particular mental illness it's important for you to strike a conversation with your family members or your loved ones about mental health you know i think it's time that we stop stigmatizing it it's it's really high time that this stops very true very true yeah um with your friends you mentioned that they were always there for you and they were always like by your side was it hard for you to open up to them at first about what you were going through or did it just come naturally and what were your experiences with that so um i think more than me opening up to them because you know i had to it was just because i had nobody to open up to and i just had to find somebody to talk to because otherwise i do not i could could not have seen a way out of this yeah and i think what they did i think which was of utmost importance even like to this date i think this is so important is man we do not need advice we just want somebody to listen it's all that's literally all just stay put and listen to us you know we don't want a solution and i think just because my my friends did that is why i found my solace in them yeah and opening up i obviously i was uh, i was really really you know a bit i had a lot of hesitations honestly but i had no other option but to open to them mm-hmm. so i think that's my relationship with like you know me opening up about my mental illnesses to my friends yeah well once you did did it take a lot of time for them to sort of um sensitize themselves on how to approach the subject how to speak about 
mental health in front of you? Was that something they were worried about or was that something you had to speak to them about? So I'll tell you something very cute <laughs> that happened. So I opened up to one of my best friends about, um, you know, the fact that I was diagnosed with this. And mm-hmm. she immediately went like, I do not know what to say. Can I, can I tell you something? I did not know how to deal with the situation. I did not know what to say. So I Googled it. And I was like, that's, that's honestly so considerate of you. you know? That is. And that is. Wow. Exactly. And it's okay to not know what to say, but make that effort to be correct in your approach rather than dismissing or disregarding somebody's emotions. Yeah. Definitely. You know, like the and, fact that they put in that effort to try and understand what you were going through, even though they knew they could never experience it firsthand, tells you a lot exactly. about that person's character in general. Exactly. And on another note is my friends to have been going through their own struggles with mental health, even with mental illnesses for the matter of fact. Mm -hmm. So for a few of them, it was easy to understand and empathize with me. So that was like, you know, a a space of peace for me. So that, and also like, I think through the years, my friends have been taking active, active steps in educating themselves about mental health and mental illnesses, even their families, to be honest. And, I think that's honestly great. I love that. I stand that energy. <laughs> I mean, that passes the vibe, child. Honestly, like I had no idea about what PMU was. And when you had put the message on the group, I looked it up. And mm-hmm. I did read about the fact that it was something that enhanced um, mental illnesses of a, a few days a week or two prior to one's menstrual cycle. And... I found it a little hard to grasp because um, it's not something I could comprehend immediately, especially since I was getting on a call with you in half an hour. So the fact that you cleared it up, it's really helpful. And that's something I notice all the time when I get on these podcasts is that every time a guest comes on and they're going to be talking about something unfamiliar with what I know, I make it a point to do a little bit of research so I don't seem like a blithering idiot. But it's really hard for me to, like, understand what their approach is and what they're going to be talking about. So I educate myself a bit to not come across as insensitive, but I don't pretend to know what what the person's going through. So the fact that you managed to clarify all the questions I had is amazing. But I think that's great, you know, you know, being okay with not knowing something and just your willingness and open openness in being educated by somebody oh, else. I think yeah. that's phenomenal. And our, and our generation really needs to learn that. <laughs> I mean, definitely. I mean, people are being delusional if they think they know everything there is to know about mental health. Like, no, I'm sorry, you really don't. You don't unless you're diagnosed. Exactly. And honestly, I am somebody who has been diagnosed. Honestly, if, if somebody right now approaches me and, you know, if the person themselves is diagnosed with clinical depression, both our experiences are going to be very different. And there's so much to learn from their experience, so much to learn from my experience. And even though I, I have first-hand experience, this doesn't mean I have all the knowledge in the world about this exactly. domain. I, have, yeah. I absolutely don't. And that's the amazing part of it because we've had two guests talk about very 
similar diagnosis but very contrasting experiences yeah. and the fact is that after every episode whoever is conducting the episode and after we ourselves listen to it we we leave very educated on one aspect of the mental illness it's it's something i do i just like disconnect and i just think about the conversation i've just had and think about all the knowledge i've accumulated over such a short period of time and it's something really satisfying like after the yeah, episode just thinking about someone else's journey and all that they've been through and all that they've like the knowledge they've imparted just to our limited audience it's amazing to just sit and stew about and it's nothing compares you know to honestly your empathy is something i'm so appreciative about most most people do not do not even put in the efforts to do this but the fact that you make conscious efforts to you know to take a step back and imbibe all the knowledge that you've been provided with honestly that's amazing and i hope that your platform can get a wider reach you know i really <laughs> really hope <laughs> like yeah to be honest even i didn't know about pme before this episode and now that i know about it i'm going to like put in the effort to go and read about it and like you know just like get no more about it and it's that's like- amazing <laughs> and it's generally the least we could do as people advocating about mental health because starting a page like this makes us one step closer to educating ourselves more because people think that we're doing this to educate others no we're doing this to educate ourselves along with i think that needs to be that needs to be added on the beginning of this call like that's that's what that's what starts the podcast uh, definitely like we're uh, we're not delusional we know that we're not even close to knowing about other people's experiences this is just a more open way for us to educate ourselves along with our reach about various aspects of mental health how to be sensitive about various aspects of mental health and the least you can do is some of your loved ones are going through a hard time with their mental health and that's yeah. something i've learned over the past 2 3 years and it's something i plan to spread as much as i can to people around me yeah. and i've already started and people are frustrated with me already but <laughs> it's fine it's worth the frustration yeah <laughs> Um until now we spoke more about your personal experiences i just wanted to know about how you um got involved with the period society um did you approach them or uh, come across their page and how is your experience been up till now right so me as a person i really believe in advocacy should not be restricted to just one cause but take up as many causes to advocate about and that does not mean that you know you need to know everything about it in your own holistic way whatever you can say put it out there you know so menstruation has been rather the stigma around menstruation has been something that's very close to me and i think we all as menstruators have first hand experienced that stigma in our own environment probably sometimes immediate environment you know and what happened with me is i was provided an opportunity to actually um curate a short film about menstruation and i did so and like you know 
while I was so for my film, you know, I wanted like a platform that, you know, could reach this targeted targeted audience of, you know, people just advocating about menstruation, about the stigma around it, around various other aspects like period poverty. I I was finding for a targeted audience that I could reach out to with my short film, and I happened to come across the Peer Society, and this was back in two thousand eighteen. <laughs> Wow. And um, yeah, and I think Swara, like the founder of the Peer Society, she um, she just started out. I think she was she just started out with the page, and um, I knew her via mutuals. In fact, um, so I, I was a part of Bombay Scottish Pawai, and she was a part of Bombay Scottish Mahim. So we had like mutuals in common. So technically, she was from my school. She was like an alumni, so wow. I knew her. And I just happened to reach. In fact, she reached out to me, and she's like, you know, I would, I would love for this movie to be posted on our page. And I was like, man, I'm humbled. Thank you so much for providing me this platform, you know. And that's how it all started. And up until I think last year was when they started um, chapter recruitment. So the thing with TPS is they have started this entire module of opening chapters all across India and even the world, in fact. And any person who is passionate about this cause can fill in, fill in like a recruitment form and probably head a chapter from their own team, you know, focus at, you know, doing like planning activities, events, yeah. whatever it is in that particular domain or in that particular, let's say state or basically in that particular chapter. So um, I got into Shrishti and I thought that, you know, I'll, I thought at least I'll be moving to Bangalore very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, you know, might as well channelize my actions into something that's giving back to society, you know. And I was like, and I, I happened to come across this cha- chapter recruitment form and I immediately filled it up. And, you know, Swarava was more than happy to provide me with the Bangalore chapter. And I think ever since then, it has been quite a journey in August, around August, mid-August, we'll be completing a year. And our team has honestly accomplished so much. My team is phenomenal. They are this, this group of, like, I have this group of really creative, talented people put together into a team. And honestly, it's just, it's splendid. And I'm just so happy that we're able to like accomplish so much in just a year's time. And, you know, we are already giving back to society in rather huge ways. And I just cannot wait for what's coming like in the future for, for TPS, Bangalore for TPS and just all of us in general. That's like love was supporting each other. Accomplishments you've achieved. It's, no. it's honestly so inspiring to see how much you guys have completed over the short span of one year. Like, that's not easy. I yeah. mean, we just recently finished our one year and we were sitting and reflecting on all that we had done. There's, there's nothing that can really beat that sense of accomplishment you feel inside. Like, yeah. even if your reach and audience is limited, just the fact that you were able to make a difference in a few people's like day-to-day lives it's yeah. it's just it hits different mm. 100% absolutely agree with you on that yeah. one <laughs> and on that note I don't think I have any more questions Anisha do you have anything else to ask? um no I asked everything that I thought of. sounds good then um 
why don't sana why don't you leave us with something you want to share with our audience something you would like to leave as your certain mark on here card anything you'd like our audience to know look out for anything you want i think something in the current given times you know how stressful it has gotten and especially i think we should take a moment to identify and recognize that you know this pandemic has been a significant stressor for a lot of people mentally speaking and it's just a reminder that it's okay to not be okay and that's perfectly fine and i think that's pretty much self explanatory i'm sorry that's one of the names of the dramas i really Oh, oh, the K drama! I know what you're talking about. Oh my god! And it literally talks about mental health. I love you. I'm sorry <laughs> this comes across as creepy, I'm but I sorry, love you. Sorry, but K dramas addressing mental health. Guys, please make a podcast about it, please. Yo, I would love to. Let me tell you. I really love it. It is about. It will. It is about mental health. The entire storyline is about mental health. And okay, I'm. I'm. I'm a huge K drama watcher, and my friends are pissed about it because every time they ask me what I'm doing or what I'm watching, I just look at them and they'll mute me. They'll genuinely just <laughs> mute me because they know I'm going to say some K drama, Japanese like drama or an anime. Like, yeah, no, it's not healthy, but it's. Okay. Uh. Well, that brings us to a close of this episode of Heal Talk by Parakram with Sana. I hope all of you enjoyed this episode. And Sana, thank you so much for coming on and speaking about your experience. It generally, I I can guarantee will leave an impact with us, if not our audience as well. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, and. um to our listeners if any of you have any further questions inquiries we'll be tagging the pediatric society on our post and we also tag sana if that's okay with you yeah so you can reach out to them with any questions any queries you have if you'd like to join the pediatric society you can reach out to them as well and yeah thank you for tuning in for another episode of pediatric by parakram we'll see you next time Alright, so and I battle with the number of bloopers we have. It's not even funny.